1: And show nine of year two of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week, as well as discuss my events of the week that I attended. Also, we will be joined by A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, a longtime friend of the show. Well, my highlight of the week, no surprise, was the Miami Heat And LeBron James winning the NBA championship in a blowout last night over the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's now time to take the target off LeBron as he delivered uh, in every way possible throughout the postseason. I practically feel honored at this point to have covered uh, Game 6 in Boston, where he had simply uh, one of the greatest single-game performances in sports history. And I knew that night after seeing it up close and personal, that uh the heat would win it all, and that was proven last night so quite a run historic uh everything from double doubles to averaging double doubles to you know breaking records that belong to people like Larry Bird from uh, back in nineteen eighty six and uh you know, just again, an incredible run, good for him. Uh, LeBron, has anybody ever been more targeted in the history of sports than LeBron, truly. And uh, it's just been you know incredible to watch, I, I think for him the uh, you know, the turnaround, uh, you know, he woke up, shall we say, uh, when they were down two one against Indiana. And that game four that Sunday afternoon was uh, when LeBron, again, became the LeBron that we've seen throughout the playoffs, which is not a LeBron that we've ever seen before. And then he truly took it to the next level uh, uh, the night of game six in Boston. I've gone over this in my previous shows. Boston up three-2 with a chance to close out the heat in the Boston Garden and LeBron just come in and laid 45 points and 15 rebounds on the celtics and uh, and that was it. Uh, obviously they won game seven and they were on their way and uh, so yeah, it's um, just historic. I think it's something we'll all remember for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, say what you want about LeBron and the decision and, uh, the not three, not four, not five comment, uh, all in all, you know, he seems, uh, I I think, uh, you know, he seems to have done a good job handling his professional career. Doesn't get in trouble. And, uh, you, you know, all in all, pretty good with the media, uh, with, you know, Teammates and the like, uh, you know, coming straight from high school, the chosen one on the cover of Sports Illustrated at age 16. Guys led an interesting life. And last night, as he said, was the greatest night of his life. So it's going to be even uh, equally fascinating to watch his career unfold from here. But again, props to LeBron. He got his first title and he was the man responsible, unanimous MVP, and uh, good for him. Uh, he's worked his whole life for it, and uh, I think he'll be a worthy champion. Sticking with the NBA, my low light of the week was simply the the disappearing act by James Harden of the Thunder, the NBA's best sixth man in the last couple of years,
0: and one of Oklahoma City's own
1: big three, That basically, because Harden didn't show up, became the big two versus the Heat's big three, and that's a big reason why they lost. But I was stunned by how lost Harden looked out there. He literally did not seem to have any idea what to do with the ball when he got it out on the arc. He seemed unsure of whether to shoot, drive, pass. Tentative would be a very, very nice word to describe what we saw in this series, and it's... Especially shocking in light of how he stepped up during the three previous postseason series leading up to the finals, where, again, he absolutely positively disappeared. He is the big reason the Thunder lost, his, his being a non-factor. And uh, I don't know. Just come out of nowhere. I, I, I don't know if he can't handle the big stage. I did see a reference about maybe an injury to a shooting hand, but that doesn't seem, you know, uh, to be the reason. And even if it was, uh, quote, a shooting slump, that doesn't explain what I and you all saw, which was simply when he got the ball in his hands, he looked clueless as to what to do with it. Tentative, he would take steps, not pass. He didn't know what to do. And uh, I've never seen the guy like that. I've always liked his game a lot, especially the last couple of postseasons. And, you know, obviously his look is <laughs> unique with the beard and the bald head and all that, to say the least. Uh, so, wow, I haven't seen a guy, uh, you know, of that stature, if you will, uh, disappear like he did in the finals uh, in a long, long time. My bizarre story of the week was the guy in the bird hat. Chirping a bird call during the U.S. Open Golf Championship Trophy presentation on Sunday night. at about 10.30 at night. Uh, not surprisingly, the unflappable Bob Costas has handled it very easily. While the new U.S. Open champion, Webb Simpson, had a great line uh, on the spot saying, enjoy, this, enjoy the jail cell tonight, buddy. Which I thought was uh, pretty good. As you've just uh, minutes after winning your first major. And Speaking of Webb, he highlighted my event of the week at the Travelers Championship in Connecticut uh, when I covered his press conference on Wednesday. Uh, As all you listeners of the show know, Webb's very familiar for me and us as I covered him winning the Deutsche Bank Championship here in Boston last Labor Day weekend. So fresh off his first major victory... Webb was clearly still riding high as he met with the media, immediately starting off with the following thoughts on winning the U.S. Open. My
2: hands are starting to slow down from shaking a little bit, um, but no, it's been uh, it's been a a good couple days. I went home uh, on the red eye Sunday um, I just spent the day with my wife and son and came up here yesterday, but hadn't had a whole lot of time to reflect on uh, on the week, but um, you know. Last week was pretty special. Even before I won, because my wife came out. And, you know, we had a week. Our boy was at home, so we had a week together. And, um, what was really cool about Sunday for me is, you know, I, I just kind of had a peace all day. That hey, even if you don't win this thing, uh, it's been a, an incredible week already. Uh, got some great quality time with my wife, and, and we did some fun things in San Francisco. So I think ultimately that kind of uh, took some pressure off there on the back nine. And, um, I still can't really believe it, but uh, it's been exciting, and um, I'm glad I'm here. Um, you know, Travelers uh, offered me a spot here in 2008, and, um, you know, I love the people here. I, I love coming to this town, and um, I think it's actually, you know, going to be good for me to get back in the ropes and play, and, uh, play this me.
1: And to the victors go the spoils. And uh, it was interesting to hear Webb talk about uh, some of the communications he received immediately following mm. his victory.
2: You know, I've gotten so many texts and uh, messages on Twitter, and I got some emails from uh, older guys who I've looked up to my whole life that I didn't expect. And, and so that kind of, um, you know, just congratulatory. Uh, reception from them. has been great. And, you know, I, I've got a couple of emails from older golfers that I'm probably going to print out and frame. Um, and, and guys that, you know, I, I've respected so much in, in so many areas of life, but you know, they've just given me invaluable advice through these emails that I didn't even
1: expect. And some of the people who contacted him via email, text, voicemail included Greg Norman, Hale Irwin. He's also been in touch with uh, Arnold Palmer, uh and so I thought it was just uh terrific stuff to hear that, needless to say and uh when you win a major, it's always interesting to know what went on leading up to the major how what led to this and Webb talks about uh his preparation for the u s Open
2: All well, my can flew home with me and my wife. My son, uh, Saturday morning after this the cup memorial, I just worked on something the, the two weeks prior in my backswing that um, I kind of perfected what I was working on, but it created another bad habit, and that's what we saw in Bordeaux, And I hit it, you know, everywhere. So what he, he was really adamant about coming home and trying to fix that, and, and he spent a couple days. We just practiced at Quail Hollow and he kind of ironed out that kink that I, I created, um, and then the next week. I started a trip last year with some of my buddies just going down to Pinehurst and, and we just play a bunch of golf. And, um, I did it last year uh, before Chicago and I played well in Chicago and I thought, you know what, I could, I could be balls at home all week trying to get ready for the open work and kind of clear my mind and go play golf, which is what I love to do. And, um, and, and it works, I guess. So, you Were know, these college buddies or something? Um, no, all the old caddy, William came there, uh, and then just some, some other buddies I grew up with. And, um, a pastor of my uh, old
1: church in Raleigh, And you don't win a U.S. Open uh, without a strategy, uh, specific, especially when it's uh, the Olympic Country Club, a bear of a course in San Francisco. So here's Webb talking about his strategy.
2: I figured, you know, I'll still, within strike distance, if I had a great weekend, but the course is so hard that it's hard to kind of put your mind around trying to shoot you know, a couple of 68s or 7s. So all I was really worried about was trying to go out the next day and make this as many bars as I could. And um, Again, it's only my fifth major, so I wasn't really overly obsessed about trying to win, just trying to, you know, have a great tournament
1: and, and gain experience. And, again, uh, life changes for a golfer once you win a major. And here's Webb talking about uh, how his life will be changed forever with this major championship.
2: I was telling some guys after after Sunday that one of my thoughts on 14, I went to the restroom and I was just thinking that man, this is fun, I'm nervous, all these emotions right now. And then I thought, you know, how did Tiger Woods win 14 of these already? I mean, this is hard. It's hard enough being in contention to make the cutting major, but yeah, my respect for guys that have won majors that grew through it. and, And... you know, guys that haven't won a major that have been great players, I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that uh, they're not winning majors. It's just a major comes four times in a year, and it's just hard to win one of four events. Um, yeah, so it, it, I feel very, I mean, I'm just thankful that I'm part of that group.
1: And watch out for Webb going forward. As you've clearly seen, he's very talented. And as you've clearly heard, He's very, very likable. And uh, and the following soundbite tells you why as he broke news this week that he would not be playing in the British Open. And I think you'll like his reasons.
2: I haven't seen the replay. Um, we had reported, I haven't watched. It. I'll watch it next week when I have a week off, I'm excited for that. But you know I'm a guy who, who you know, loved my family and we're probably only going to have a, a few more, or a couple more babies, and so I have the rest of my life to play in the British Open. Um, I don't want to miss the birth of the second child, so it was an easy decision. After winning, it's certainly you know a little harder not to go because I love to go and try to win you know another major. But um, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of the life, you know I, it's a decision that I know that I'll always be happy that I made. And because um, the first experience watching you know my first son being born was. was
1: one of the greatest experiences that I think a person can have, and I don't want to miss it again. Um. So there's Webb Simpson, uh, and uh, a worthy, worthy U.S. Open champion, to say the least. And now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from outside the huddle likes to say, it's time to pay some bills. Let's take our break. And next up will be friend of the show, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine who, like me, is covering the Travelers Golf Tournament this week. And uh, we're going to talk a little more golf and a few more other sports as well.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports have become a big part of everyone's lives today. We all have that team that we live and breathe to follow. We watch hours of football on TV, play Madden sports on our gaming system, and our wives can't seem to tear us from the couch. If this sounds like you, or if you're a football wife who wants a few words... We want to hear from you. Listen for Life, Love, and Sports featuring your host, Ron Dixon. Ron takes you inside the world of sports and finds out what you, the fan, are talking about today. Listen Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports.
3: Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your
0: internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144, or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
1: Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby.
0: To join the show, the call-in number is
1: 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. It's that time of the show when we typically have guests. And on the line with us is a friend of the show, AP Stedham of Bama Magazine, who, like me, is covering the Travelers Championship this week in Connecticut. And uh, on Wednesday, when I was there for the Pro-Am, I walked in the media tent, and there was AP, who, again, has been on the show already a few times, uh... And AP, thanks for calling in. How you doing? Oh,
4: I'm doing great, John. It was, it was so nice to see you the other day and, and
1: spend some time together. Yeah, and you and I got to spend, uh, you know, maybe the most time together that we ever have. And we've seen each other at some pretty interesting places. We met at the NFL Draft and Radio City Music Hall a year ago. Saw each other again at this year's draft and... Uh, Now we see each other at golf, so again, it it was great to see you, and I think you really get to know somebody when you uh, walk a golf course with them, whether it be playing or in our case, covering. It was great. Yeah,
4: it sure was, and every time I've been with you, John, it's a big event,
1: I know. It is a big event. Let's keep it up. (laughs) Let's keep it up, Uh, to say the least. Uh, Well, I'm back here. uh, at the studio doing the radio show, but you are still at the golf course. And uh, why don't you bring us up to date on what's actually happening? Uh, we're in day two of the actual tournament here.
4: Yeah, John, Flay uh, was actually stopped at 1250. There was some thunder and maybe some lightning, and it rained for about five or ten minutes, and now the sun is trying to come out. So maybe it'll proceed in a few minutes here. It looks like that. I see people flowing out of the media tent. So maybe they've uh, uh, continued right now. But we have the, at the leaderboard is uh, at the top of the leaderboard. is Frederick Jakobsen. He's minus four for today. Minus nine overall for the tournament. And he, he had actually won this particular tournament last year. So he's a strong candidate to maybe repeat. Absolutely. One of the other names up there uh, coming from his US opening victory is Webb Simpson, maybe at minus five. He got his two rounds in this
1: morning. So. so there's some of the big names at the top. Yeah, AP, and yesterday was, uh, you know, quite the pairing, uh, to say the least, with the last three major champions playing in the same threesome, and that would be, of course, Webb Simpson playing with Bubba Watson, who won the Masters this year, and Keegan Bradley, New England boy who won the PGA last August, so uh, pretty cool, pretty cool that in uh, Cromwell, Connecticut, uh, near Hartford, the last three major champions are playing in the exact same threesome, and uh, how did that go over? That must have been uh, quite the following, I'm guessing.
4: Yeah, the the fans uh, got a real treat, because to, to see those three just be in the tournament would be a thrill, but... The came all together, you pay your ticket, that would have been worth the price of the mission just to follow those three all at once. So, yeah, right. it was a big following. And, and, of course, you know, Bubba's you know, entertaining, and, and
1: everyone really enjoyed that trio yesterday. I know. They're, uh, you know, they've all got, you know, a certain charisma about them. I mean, Webb's charisma, likable guy, but now he when you win a major, you add charisma to your... List of uh, personal traits, and uh, I think he's going <laughs> to. I think he's going to get really, really big and popular. Bubba, very, very, very likable, and already had charisma even before the major victory. Keegan Bradley, uh, we know him well. He he literally competed in the exact same high school league that my town competes in, which is called the Tri-Valley League, uh, outside of Boston, so, uh, big fan of Keegan, needless to say, who played for Hopkinton High School in Massachusetts, and, uh, he also, you know, he, he has a great personality as well, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's three rising stars, needless to say, uh, on the PGA Tour and uh, again life changes dramatically as we heard from Webb just a few minutes ago right on this show uh once you win a major and he doesn't even know yet he's he's literally on day 5 as a major <laughs> champion so he he doesn't quite know how his life's going to change but uh but Bubba talked about how his life changed he followed Webb at the press conference the other day and uh It was great. So, hey, Pete, tell me more about the types of things you're doing at the Travelers uh, this week, which I know is close to home for you, so it's nice to have convenience.
4: It sure is, uh, John. I actually was following three former Alabama golfers, uh, Michael Thompson, who came in second at the U.S. Open, and Jason Bone, who's a longtime member of the PGA, and Bud Cauley, kind of a newcomer. To the PGA for a couple of years now, and Michael had a rough day yesterday. Uh, last year in the fourth round, he shot a 62 to finish fourth in this tournament. Well, yesterday the game of golf is, is very humbling. He shot a 78, 8 over. So, so he's trying to. He, he probably have to shoot maybe that 62 again because the projected cut mark is even. So I don't know what he's going to do. He's, he's scheduled to go off around 128, I think, this afternoon, so that's probably been pushed back slightly. But he'll be be trying to make the cut with a miracle round tomorrow, his best round he ever had. Uh, Jason Bone was uh, six over par, so he had a difficult day himself. And his best at this course, actually, was 65. He's done it twice. He'll probably have to shoot that 65 to make the cut. Uh, and then Bud, Bud was two over yesterday and he hasn't finished today. I think he was three or four over when I last checked. And, uh, Bud actually shot a 65 last year. So I've been following those three Alabama golfers and the game of golf, humbled all of them yesterday.
1: Absolutely. That's what it does as, as we both know from covering and, uh, certainly in my case, playing here and there. Or, um, but tell me, tell, tell me a little bit about, uh, Michael Thompson, who, frankly, was probably not a name known by a lot of golf, a lot of you know, golf fans, uh, or certainly overall general sports fans who were tuning into the U.S. Open. But uh, Michael's name was right on the leaderboard, uh, pretty consistently throughout the U.S. Open. And uh, why don't you tell tell our listeners a little bit about Michael? Yeah, he's an interesting
4: fella, nice young fella. Uh, Michael, uh, raised in Tucson, Arizona, and he went to Tulane initially, and then the storm of the century came to New Orleans, Katrina, and he was flushed out of there, and they actually sent the golf team up to SMU for a while, trying to decide the fate of the program, Well, it eventually disbanded. Well, he looked around at another school, and I think Alabama had recruited him, prior to attending Tulane, and and the golf coaches were very similar personalities. Golf coach at at Alabama's Jay Sewell. So he went up to Tuscaloosa, and he really uh, uh, changed his whole outlook to golf. He became a more aggressive golfer. He said he never would have been on the Pro Tour if he didn't make that transfer because at Alabama there was a little bit more competition, That's nothing against Tulane, that's just the situation. So he had to learn how to be a more aggressive golfer. So he gave all it credit to uh, Coach Sewell. And some interesting things about Michael, his grandfather in Arizona, uh, used to play golf in the thirties and he would he would bet one hundred dollars uh, a hole, which was quite a sum of money in those days. And it became quite good. Uh so when they had the Dean Martin t- open in Tucson, Dean Martin would play with his grandfather. And occasionally Frank Sinatra would show up and they'd have a trio.
1: Wow, the Rat Pack. Love it. Yeah, Yeah, that's 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 really cool. And his other
4: grandfather, interestingly enough, was at West Point, and uh, I think he played a little bit of football. He actually pretended to be a famous player from Notre Dame, I guess, in practice, And, and then his grandfather was in the service, and he ended up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, of all places, and so Michael's mother attended grammar school there for three or four years, so... It all came around through the family, it, uh, kind of coincidental situation. And, uh, but so, so he's got quite a, a family line on both sides. But he, but he's a tough, a tough kid, but he's a quiet kid. You wouldn't know it, but they, but they call him Slick. That's his name, Slick, because he's a shop maker. You know, and that's what they call him. But he has a very, uh, like, angelic-like face, but he's real tough interior.
1: Well, he sounds like someone to watch. Uh, you know, again, he kind of, you know, burst on the scene a little bit uh, at the open. But now that he's on the scene, based on cool information you just gave us in that background, uh, he might be a name that uh, we're going to see on more leaderboards. And, uh, yeah, so, AP, just to close out on the Travelers here, um, cool event. It's my first. I've heard lots and lots about the... Uh, Pro-Am, which is what I attended on Wednesday, I was also there on Monday of this week, and uh, you know, you and I spent some time watching uh, some of the Pro-Am fivesomes come up, uh, you know, come up on the 18th green, and uh, you know, there was Chris Berman uh, from ESPN, Bill Murray, need I say more, Booker T, Doug Flutie. Right. Scott Burrell, UConn basketball uh, alumni, major major yeah. player, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know it, it was uh, it was pretty cool. I, I was I've been very impressed with the travelers overall. Impressed with what I saw at the pro am and how all the celebrities. Uh, you know, signed a lot of autographs, interacted with the fans, talked with the media a bit. Uh, I thought, you know, and and all this, by the way, in the middle of about, of about a 98-degree day that you and I were <laughs> experiencing <laughs> as well. It was hot. Yeah. But what, what, what are count. your thoughts for, for minute, uh, what are your went, thoughts on sure. specifically the pro-am and just sort of, you know, checking out the celebs? Yeah, I, I was
4: really, uh, every time I visit this, a Traveler Championship, there's some improvement, whether it be the food that they serve the media or the attention they give to the golfers. It's a very friendly environment that the people really are interested in providing you with an outstanding experience. They'll ask you, how can we, you know, they'll, they'll approach you directly and ask you, how can we improve next year? What do we need to do? I mean, they're, they want to be friendly to all the people who attend and try to provide, um, you know, a great experience. But uh, one of the one of the questions I was interested in asking one of the celebrities was Ahmad Rashad.
1: Right. I'm glad you said him. that. I forgot to mention him.
4: You me say that again, John.
1: I forgot to mention him. I'm glad you you brought him up.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. I was interested because you know the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Sometimes you'll see players promote their candidacy, and some players are for that that type of uh, promotion, and others aren't. But he said that in this day and age. When you complete your career, you have to have somebody who's going to lobby for you in all actuality because you'll be forgotten. Uh, the one objection he did have was a lot of times there's broadcasters on the TV and an outstanding player will in his third or fourth year, and right away they're mentioning, well, he's a surefire Hall of Famer. Well, he said he, he objected to that. He said you should wait until the career is over, and then you start talking about Hall of Fame. It's based on your career, not a couple of good years. Uh, I was interested in his point of view, and but I was able to ask him. And everybody's always uh, available, you know. They make the celebrities available, so those type of questions. But you never know when you're going to be at one of these events. What type of information you might learn, and, and these other things.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's great. Uh, well, AP. Uh... Oh. Great job describing, uh, you know, your take on the travelers since you're a veteran. Uh, this is, uh, you've been there many years. This for me is my first year, as I said, I've done the Deutsche Bank uh, about eight or nine years uh, <laughs> attending that. And uh, hopefully you make it out for that at the end of August out here in Boston. But uh, with that said, AP, let's take our break. I know you're sticking around because we got some really big news to talk about you your Right in your wheelhouse, which is the uh, proposed new college football playoff system. We sure do. We sure
4: do, John. Look forward to it.
1: All right. We'll talk in a minute. Thank you.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports...
1: America sports
3: ready for in-your-face sports want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sidney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is.
0: What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? Voice America, welcome back to
1: segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call in number is 1 888 346 9144, or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. I am your host, John Inglesby, and sticking around for another segment, lucky for us, is AP Stedham of Bama Magazine. And AP, great talking golf with you, and now we're going to talk a little college football and huge news, and I can't think of anyone I would rather have explain it to our listeners than you, which is simply the proposed new college football playoff system to finally settle this thing on the field.
4: Yes, John, it's no question everyone's excited, and as you know, there's nobody more passionate than college football fans. I mean, I, I think They have more passion than the NFL, which is saying a lot, and and, have more passion than baseball fans and hockey fans and basketball fans, college football. Those folks, they live, you know, live it, they breathe it, and they die with it. You know, they just, it's in their life. They make decisions, you know, when am I going to get married? Well, let's check the football schedule first.
1: I agree. I grew up near Penn State. I know it's in my blood, too, so I know exactly. What you mean? And you're right. Right.
4: But, but um, I guess we can give some of the basic facts to the people. Uh, you know who's going to be the, in the playoffs? Well, they, the consensus was there'll be a four-team playoff, and they will take the four best teams. Uh, the conference champion will be uh, given a, give a little bit of priority, and also the strength of schedule. Uh, but it will be four teams, and. Uh, It'll be played, the semifinal games, and be incorporated into the existing um, four major BCS bowls, the Orange Bowl, Sugar, Yes, and Rose, and that'll be played around January 1st. And when I say around January 1st, John, I'm emphasizing because there's a small window that's mandated for the bowl games to be completed by the NCAA. So maybe one of those games, let's say, for instance, the Sugar Bowl, Uh, maybe they don't have the parade like the Rose Bowl. Maybe they play that thing on December 31st because you have to have the games completed in some years by the 9th or 8th of January. And it does stretch out to, in some years, I think the 12th. But that is a small window for the college teams to prepare for the next game. And logistically, you're going to have to get to that next city. Are you going to go back to your college or university or are you going to go fly to the next city? and have a, a complete bowl experience at that side as well, at the semifinals. So that, that's a little bit of an issue. Uh, the, the national championship game they voted on, well, they, the, the uh, 11 commissioners and the athletic, athletic director in Dame, are proposing the national championship game to, to be bid out in cities across America. So you could see the game in Indianapolis, They've hosted the Super Bowl, it's done a magnificent job. You've been there. You know what a great city, and they are a great host. So, you know, it could be it's in fabulous. San Antonio or Houston. It could be all around the country.
1: It's fabulous. The key phrase there, and this is what is most important for all fans to remember, the national championship <laughs> game venue will go to the highest bidder, correct?
4: Correct, right, the highest bidder. Now, well, that, John I haven't confirmed any of this information about the national championship game, but I'm not positive if the, the folks want the game to be exposed to other parts of the country or do they want to try to drive up the price by inviting these other cities for really their intention is to keep it in those one of those four BCS bowls. But, you know, if it's a question of geography, you know, Pasadena and the other Three cities cannot overcome that if they wanted to go to Detroit or St. Louis. You you can't overcome that situation. So, and that could be a good thing for college football, right? The more places that that are um, exposed to the great team of college football, the better for the sport.
1: Absolutely. Um, Well, uh, it's high time. I mean, what? I just think that, you know, as long as they, number one, don't be offended by this. I know you cover Obama and obviously then the SEC. I hope that there's no, not more than one team per conference. I think it enhances the value of the conference championship games. And, uh, you know, and most importantly, I just hope it finally opens up, you know, Opportunities for the Boise states of the world, the TCU's, what have you, to finally you know get their shot on the field, see what they're you know see if they can play with the big boys or not, and uh, you know just again, just simply get the best two teams on the field. I, I, I like what I've heard so far. It's not perfect, but I think uh, I think it's going to work. Certainly, a lot better than the than you know the previous hundred years, shall we say. <laughs>
4: Oh yeah, yeah, John, I don't have any strong objections to the basics. Uh, I was going to uh, comment on two things that you said. I think last year with Alabama and LSU in the championship, this really moved along the process because two teams from the same conference. I mean, I, I, you know, there's, of course there's some envy in that situation, but maybe that helped spur the situation. So they did everyone a favor. Um, that game was
1: awful And AP I don't mean to interrupt but it was the second time they played last year the game was absolutely awful the worst watch ever and I think that more than any other single factor is why we're having this conversation I really believe that
4: oh yeah oh yeah and uh, now how they how they pick the teams John that's going to be interesting as well Uh, they're talking about a selection committee and I'd like to see a broad representation. I don't really feel I want to see it in the hands of five or six people that have such a, a weighty decision. We want to hear more voices in the decision and more representation. And in a way for those seems like Boise State, I think, to get in this um, equation, they're going to have to continue to try to schedule these top teams and beat them, which Boise has done to their credit.
1: Absolutely.
4: You know, to their credit, they, I mean, Oklahoma, and they beat Georgia in Atlanta. I mean, any SEC team would like to beat Georgia in Atlanta, right?
1: Right, and didn't they beat Virginia Tech in DC a couple of years ago? Correct, correct, John, you're right. right. And uh, yeah, so man. the only thing they have to be concerned about is they
4: can't have any slip-ups in their lead because it's not considered a one of the stronger conferences, so they don't have any leeway. You know, where the strong, stronger conferences is, they, they do. So, but they can get it, be a part of the situation. If, you know, and, and scheduling, I think, is going to be crucial for a lot of these things. Like, even leagues like the Big East and the ACC might be looking, uh, you know, from the outside with the Big 12 playing the SEC in what's called the Champions Bowl.
1: And yeah, that was interesting.
4: Playing the Big 10, they kind of consolidated that power. So every time Florida State plays Florida, they better win that game. Every time, right, it, you, know, uh, you know, Syracuse is going to play USC this year, for instance. Well, you need to win those kind of games to to build that in the minds of the voters in the coming years.
1: And you make a really... Go ahead.
4: John, I'm going to say, I know it's long-winded here, but John, I'm going to say, uh, a few years back when Alden was undefeated, well, a couple years before, I think it was the two preceding years, they had played USC back-to-back. Went out to California. I believe the game was maybe they lost by a touchdown. USC came to Auburn, Matt Linehan's first start, I believe. They shelled out Auburn, 23 to nothing. Well, the next year or two, Auburn's undefeated. Well, the other two undefeated teams are Oklahoma and USC. Maybe Auburn was better. I don't know. But in the minds of the voters, they had gotten beat two years in the old row by USC. So that sticks in the Harris Poll voters and... Coaches, and so you have to build that reputation in the minds minds of the you know, future committee members, and whatever else. Uh, you know, if they still have the hairs full out, I don't know. But, but that's one way to do it by beating teams when you're playing non-big time, non compass teams.
1: Great point, AP. And the beauty of this, as a final note, as we go to break here, is simply uh, that rather than diminish the regular season, which is spectacular, and which has always been the fear and frankly the excuse not to have a playoff system based on what you just said. uh, This may actually enhance the regular season, which uh, is to everybody's benefit. And uh, so, wow, now I'm really excited. To say the least, we could have a better regular season and a real national champion decided on the field. Uh... <clears throat> what could be better than that, AP? It sounds great. Yeah, oh
4: yeah. And John, I think I think that number four keeps that that attitude that you just talked about in, in enhancing the regular season. I think if you go to eight, then be, it's, it's getting a little bit like basketball, right? Because you know there's only 120 teams in football. But I think if you go beyond that four, it, it gets to be a little bit like basketball. You really have to be the creme de la creme to get to
1: that four. Good point. Excellent, excellent analysis, and you are an expert on uh, all things college football and specifically this new and very, very, very exciting news. AP, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us literally from the golf course, from the Travelers' Championship in Cromwell, Connecticut. Uh, It sounds like you were literally sitting on a golf cart, if I'm correct.
4: Yes,
1: yes. (laughs) All right, well, now you can get up and stretch your legs and... uh, although given the heat we're having here in New England you may want stay, to stay seated right on that golf cart
4: yeah thank you John you're, you're way too kind I'll uh, be glad to be on your show at any time
1: terrific AP thanks again and uh, with, now why don't we take our break and we'll do a little more Travelers Talk after the break
3: fantasy sports is where the action really is over 40 million people play fantasy sports but rarely do they get to quiz the experts fantasy insights is the name and the game Your internet
0: flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144, or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
1: Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports, and this is your host, John Inglesby, and many thanks go out to AP for for joining us and talking, number one, some golf, and number two... uh, the new college football playoff system that's being proposed to finally decide a winner on the field. Well, I'm going to uh, stick with some more Travelers Championship golf talk. Uh, We had some great quotes from Webb Simpson, new U.S. Open champ, uh, on winning his first major five days ago in San Francisco. But we also have some good uh, thoughts from Webb on actually playing in the Travelers Championship in Cromwell, Connecticut, uh, which is in its second day now, it got underway yesterday. I was at the Pro-Am Wednesday, I was also there Monday as well. And uh, here's Webb uh, talking about the Travelers Championship overall. Like
2: I said earlier, um, in 2008 they gave me a spot and you got guys like Andy Busset and Mr. Fishman behind Travelers, behind this event. Um, it's kind of hard to call up an Olympian and tell them I'm not coming. Um, but I've always loved coming here besides Bay Hill. I've played more times here. This will be my fifth than any other tournament. So um, I feel comfortable here. I've played, I never played great here, but I've always kind of uh, played okay. And, um, you know, my wife and I have never even talked about not coming. It was always, you know, I'm probably always going to come to Travelers. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a great week for me to kind of unwind from the US Open, but be able to kind of put my focus elsewhere. Um, and kind of get away from just reflecting and thinking about it and trying to put
1: my focus on trying to win this golf course. Well, as you heard at the end of the first segment, when Webb talked about the not playing in the British Open due to the impending birth of his second child, wanting to be around for that, uh, uh, showing what a class act he is, Uh you just heard another quote as to why he is again uh i think he's going to be big i think he's he's very likable he seems to have his priorities straight not to mention uh the description you just heard as to uh even though he just won the US Open 5 days ago there was no way he was calling the travelers where he got one of his early invitations uh to play on a in a PGA event a few years back uh no way he was going to call and cancel so you got to like that and uh Here's Webb talking about uh, the Travelers course back nine. You
2: know, the commitment Mr. Fitchman's put to the PJ Tour, given the economy of the last few years, I mean, is tremendous. So not only do us players have responsibility to respond to that, and, and you know, in a way, thank the guys who stand behind the PJ Tour, but um, all that aside, I love this event. I love Marjorie, I love playing this golf course and um, I don't think we play more courses where the back nine is as exciting as it is with 13 and then 15 and you know coming in on the last couple of holes and so um, there's some events out here that are, are tough courses or tough weeks just logistically and this is one of those easy going great fans and it's in global week.
1: Well, you gotta love that. These guys, uh these PGA players have photographic memories in the way he can easily remember uh this hole and that hole on the back nine of uh the Travelers course is uh pretty impressive, needless to say. And uh it was also interesting to hear Webb talk about uh the pairing that I referenced earlier, which was yesterday where uh the three Last major winners were paired together at uh, at the Travelers. Uh, that being Webb Simpson, U.S. Open winner from five days ago, Bubba Watson, Masters winner, and Keegan Bradley, last year's PGA winner. And uh, here's what Webb Simpson had to say about uh, that pairing. I don't know play as much, but uh, it's
2: probably something I won't do during the round. Um, We'll be trying to beat each other, uh, but you know I have all their numbers and, and probably when I when I know they're having a week off and I get a week off, I'll probably call some questions and uh, just see what the do. what do you think of Barry? Barry, yeah, I uh, I got an excited. Boba texted me yesterday saying we're playing together. I love playing with him. Uh, my president's co partner is so laid back and a good friend of this guy Teddy and, and Keegan and Keegan and I get here together a lot this year and. Uh, I think it was his catty Pepsi who put bananas in my shoes Sunday, <laughs> and it was a brand new pair of shoes. <laughs> and I watched them, and, and the smell is still in there, so I'm going to get it back sometime. I don't know even what I'm going to do, but I'm going to get
1: it back. Well, as you just heard, uh, boys will be boys. And I thought that was a pretty funny story about bananas in his shoes. Uh, great stuff, and uh, the other person who uh, the other major winner who did a, uh, a news conference as well on uh, on Wednesday immediately following Webb was uh, was Bubba Watson he won the masters this past April uh, also had a uh, shot a memorable shot that uh, will be forever ever remembered needless to say when he come out of the trees uh, in the playoff so uh Here's Bubba talking about how life changes uh, once you win a major.
4: Any of them done beating? No, you know it was, it was, it was fun watching Keegan. Keegan win when he won. You know, um, U.S. that was for U.S. to win again for a major, and then somehow I won, and then watching Webb win, just coming down the stretch, playing solid golf. And That golf was about hanging on, not about uh, going low. And still watching Webb win. Uh, it's good uh, you know the U.S. wants some majors now so it's pretty it's good we got it going our way I guess um, but uh, you know Webb texted me we're good friends and we played uh, we were partners in the President's Cup you know, he texted me and asked what was going to be different and I just told him I said you're going to have more fans you're going to have more people wanting to sign I said you just got to and your agent's going to have more things for you to do you have to just, um, just be able to say no you know you're, you're the boss your agent works for you you just got to be able to say no and, and What's right for your family, not what's
2: right for uh, for other people. It's always what's right for you and your bank
1: first. So uh, and, you know, I, I try to give my little advice because you ask me. But who knows if you'll listen. And there you heard Masters champion Bubba Watson also playing uh, out of the Travelers Championship this weekend in Cromwell, Connecticut, near Hartford. And uh, yeah, it's it's a great, great. Bookend summer with uh, Travelers, kind of kicks off summer, Uh, and boy, it feels like summer here in New England. It's uh, been hitting 100 degrees, record-setting. But yeah, we begin our summer with the Travelers. We'll end our summer with the Deutsche Bank Championship uh, in Norton, Massachusetts, again, right outside Boston. And uh, it's the only PGA Tournament of the Year that ends on a Monday. It ends on Labor Day, or does not end on a Sunday, I should say. It ends actually on Labor Day. It's become a Boston tradition. As has the travelers. Uh, the course is spectacular. It's uh, actually TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut. It is beautiful, and uh, again, I, I've been very impressed. First year covering it, and uh, and I couldn't be enjoying myself more or learning more. And, you know, good for them to have uh, Webb Simpson win the U.S. Open and basically, in San Francisco, jump on a plane and come up to Connecticut to play in a tournament that, as you heard, he clearly, clearly likes and uh, seems to have a a strong, strong tie to. Uh, It was pretty cool. I, myself, am watching him win the British Open at 10.30 Eastern Time on Sunday night, totally thinking, totally rooting for him, because, again, watched him win the Deutsche Bank last August, featured him heavily on this show uh, after he won the Deutsche Bank, and then knowing that uh, if he won the U.S. Open, I would be seeing him again this weekend in Connecticut. It all worked out. Lucky me, and lucky listeners, so... Needless to say, my appointment viewing of the week recommendation is for, uh, to watch the Travelers Championship, especially the final round Sunday, which is uh, on CBS. Uh, Sunday, I think, starts about 3 o'clock. And with that said, I want to thank you, as always, for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.